Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. The racing, the big one, the camping. It's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and a cup race on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. One thing for sure, it's always thrilling. And as they go across the stripe, a photo finish! NASCAR Weekend at Talladega, April 22nd and 23rd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show. It's Talladega weekend, guys. Fixing to roll in the campers. The gates opened at 8 on the outside. People staged last week to be the first one to get in. The fifth largest city now fixing to roll in the state of Alabama. We're lucky enough today to have the president of Talladega, Brian uh, Codford, on and... Uh, Looking forward to have Brian on. We also got Devin Bowden on. Got Kyle calling in, guys. So uh, looking forward to having Brian on. Be our first guest for the Talladega Super Speedway weekend. Uh, They got the big one. Brian's going to tell us all about what's going on this weekend. He's been a busy guy this morning, Brian Crichton calling in. So uh, just hang on. He'll be here on in just a few minutes. Uh, Martinsville, guys, finished Martinsville yesterday. We had uh, Corey Himes. Corey's been on the show several times, winning the truck series race on Friday night. John Hunter burning them down in the Xfinity race. And Kyle Larson with his second win this year. Uh, Congratulations, Kyle, on your uh, second win for the season but we're getting ready i'm leaving wednesday be there wednesday night wednesday through monday morning so full full weekend going on of activities i'll be running wide open for the weekends guys so watch my social media page when we're going to be broadcasting what time we'll be in big bill's garage this weekend full weekend uh second Actually, the third appearance of the new car of tomorrow. They put on a great show last year for us. Looking forward to seeing them roll back in here. So, waiting, doing the waiting game, guys. Looking forward to seeing everybody back at the track. Going to be a big crowd. I think they've said they've already, ticket sales have already surpassed the last race that Junior raced in. And uh, that's saying a whole lot, guys. Uh, Kyle was lucky enough to be at Paps Motor Speedway where uh, Devin won his second race for the season, guys. So uh, looking forward to having Devin on. He won Port Royal and also at Paps, and Kyle was able to uh, attend both those. So hopefully we'll get to hear Kyle give us a 
little lowdown on that. So uh, if you hadn't got your tickets for Talladega, there's still still a few tickets left. Uh, we're still giving away a few tickets, so we gotta you gotta stay tuned all weekend or all week. We'll be giving away some today, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. So uh, hang on, it'll be a double header on Saturday with the Arc Menard series and the Xfinity series on Saturday. Plus, uh, guys will be hitting the track, so be ready for that, guys. The racing, the big one, the camping. It's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and a cup race on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. One thing for sure, it's always thrilling. And as they go across the stripe, a photo finish! NASCAR Weekend at Talladega, April 22nd and 23rd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show this morning the president of Talladega Super Speedway, getting us ready for the GEICO 500 weekend, Brian Crichton. Welcome to the show, Brian. Good morning. How you doing? Brian, I'm excited, man. It's Talladega weekend. I know you're busy. The first campers rolled in this morning when they opened the gates. They did. I'm actually in uh, our Mustang pace car right now because I uh, went and uh, worked the lines thanked all of our campers for being here and I gave them uh, some gift bags as well as some commemorative coins. I make 500 commemorative coins uh, that I pass out. And so the first ones were passed out this morning to our campers waiting in line. So it's beautiful here and we're looking forward to a great weekend. So Brian, I live only 90 miles away, but you turn uh, Talladega into like the fifth largest city in the state of Alabama. What's that like being the boss? It is, you know, you have to have a great team. And not only do we have a great team that's here at Talladega Super Speedway, but all of the surrounding communities support us as well. Uh, so we, you're right, we have the fifth largest city here. We have a fire department. We have an emergency services department. We have a record crew. We've got, I mean, you name it, we've got it here. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's to take care of the fans and make sure the fans have a great time while they're here. Uh, nothing is more important to us than the guest experience and making sure everybody just has a blast with their Talladega. So, Brian, we're back with a big one on the boulevard on Friday night. Man, that's exciting. I know. Talk about, uh, you know, just uh, the fan experience. With uh, We really kick it all off, uh, the party off, so to speak, on Friday night with the big one on the boulevard. We've got 10 to 12 drivers that are confirmed that are going to be on the Mardi Gras-style uh, uh, float. It's going to uh, go down our iconic Talladega Boulevard with music playing. They're going to be throwing out hats and shirts and maybe a bead here or there. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's a great time. And then they end up um, uh, in our five-point area where we have a little stage area set up and a whole bunch of games, including barbecue, sauce, wrestling. It's a great way to kick off the party weekend. And, uh, Brian, Big Bill's Garage, I've been to a lot of tracks but the experience to get close, the drinks, the food, you're in victory lane. What a package that you offer to the fans to be able to get right up close front to the fans, to the drivers and the it fans. Is. 
Yeah, that the Talladega garage experience right in our infield is, is built around the garages. So you can actually walk into the garage, walk under the same roof as your favorite team, uh, every single team. Uh, and the only thing that separates you from the nose of the car is a four-foot-high fence and about five feet. So you can see the drivers, you can see the cars, you can see the crew chiefs, the crews working on the cars. Uh, and that's just part of it. Like you mentioned, too, we've got Victory Lane that's there. We have a game zone. We have a kid's zone for all the kids that are coming out. And then you mentioned, too, value price concession, $2 bottles of water, $2 Coke products, $2 hot dogs, $4 chicken fingers and French fries, and $4 16-ounce beers. You can't beat it anywhere. It's a, it's an awesome family experience. I encourage families to come out uh, and just really immerse yourself into the sport. You know, Brian, NASCAR, y'all offer free camping, and that's what I tell everybody. If you're going to go to the North Park, South Park free camping, take that money that you were spending camping and go experience Big Bill's Garage because there's nothing like it. It puts you in victory lane also. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, all you need is a Sunday race ticket. So you can buy a Sunday race ticket, and, of course, you have access to the Geico 500 the cup stars and just one of the unbelievable races on the entire circuit with two, three, four wide racing at 200 miles an hour. And that ticket also gets you, as you mentioned, free camping for a week. We have three free campgrounds that we loaded in this morning and you can, you can uh, stay for an entire week, you know, and until next Monday. And then also to in our iconic infield, that Sunday race ticket will get you in our iconic infield on Saturday night. So you can enjoy, hold on, Country music superstar Cole Swindell, a free concert with Cole Swindell on Saturday night. So, you know, the, uh, the, the NASCAR brings all the great, exciting racing on the racetrack, and Talladega Super Speedway brings all the great uh, fan uh, amenities like the big one on the boulevard, the Saturday night concert, Talladega Garage Experience. Our midway on the outside is going to be cranking with a whole bunch of display partners. We've got USAC U-Series that's going to be racing out in our midway area as well kids zones, uh, just free giveaways. Just, I mean, if you haven't been to Talladega Super Speedway, it is the most economical uh, race that you can go to on the circuit. Oh, I didn't even mention, too, that you can bring in a 14 by 14 by 14 inch cooler into our grandstands. What other sporting event does that? I, t- I tell you, Brian, uh, if you've got cabin fever from all the rotten cold weather that we got, go and be part of this experience this weekend. And I tell you, you know, it's like that when you go fishing and you, and you hook that fish when it goes up into the eye and you can't get it out, you're going to be hooked. I, Brian, I, I, I've been so many times. I think it's over 30 years I've been going. And the only time that I really kind of missed was the 2020 where we were kind of mandated, couldn't, couldn't go. But it's yeah. always, my son looks at me and says, Dad, How's it going to get each better each the next time? And I'm like, son, it's like the state fair is just going to get bigger and better each year. And honestly, Brian, each year, each race, twice a year, the next race this seems to be just a little notch up. So I encourage everybody, just give this weekend a try, Brian. Uh, tell everybody where they can buy tickets at. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you mentioned something there, too, that I want to touch on. You know, a lot of people say, you know, Talladega was on my bucket list, which we love because we love the opportunity for people to put that on their bucket list and to come out here. 
But what really makes me happy is for somebody to say, man, Talladega was on my bucket years 10 years ago, and here I am 10 years later still coming because it's such a great time. So, yes, absolutely, give us a try. We will, uh, you know, you will have a great time, whether it's with the family, whether it's the concerts, whether it's the fireworks on Friday night, uh, the racing, of course, the people watching, just every aspect of it. Um, we got lots and lots of specials. Kids 12 and under are free on Saturday, and they start at only $10 on Sunday. You can find all this information out on our website, which is talladegasuperspeedway.com, talladegasuperspeedway.com, or if you prefer to talk to a representative, you can call 877-GO-2, and that's the number two, go to dega And you can talk to a representative and ask them any questions you have and get the exact package that you want. So, Brian, you're always around. I mean, there's no telling where they'll see you because you're a busy guy this weekend. I've even seen you down on the boulevard uh, walking down through different displays and all the fun that's going on. Absolutely, and that's where, I, that's where I love to be. I love to be with our guests. I love to be with our fans. I love to understand, you know, what they love and, and you know, what makes them come back time and time again so we can inc- continue to improve the guest experience. And one of my favorite locations uh, throughout the weekend, Talladega Boulevard, of course, but inside that Talladega garage experience. You know, it, it's because I see so many smiles. I see so many kids having a fun time. I see drivers that are in there. I see drivers giving autographs at the fence uh, inside the garages. That's my favorite place to be because of the smiles and just seeing how much fun everybody's having and, you know, just being part of a, a part of the sport. And, Brian, one more thing before you go. The best thing about this weekend, it's going to be Chamber of Commerce weekend, man, here in Alabama. I know. It's, uh, it's beautiful today. Um, it's going to be a little bit of that uh, campfire uh, weather at nighttime, which is great because that's part of the experience, too. Uh, people having campfires, sitting around the campfires, telling stories, just having fun. So, yes, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful week and weekend here at Talladega. So we're ready to welcome the world here and just have a great time. Brian, we appreciate you taking time. I know you're a busy guy today, but we at the Rowdy Maglite Show appreciate everything you do for us and the people that love racing and try to make new race fans. So thanks a lot. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show, and I appreciate all you do for NASCAR, all you do for racing, and all you do for Talladega Super Speedway. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And fans, come on out here and give us a try. You won't be disappointed. Never a disappointment. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. The racing. The big one. The camping. It's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and a cup race on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. One thing for sure, it's always thrilling. And as they go across the stripe, a photo finish! NASCAR Weekend at Talladega, April 22nd and 23rd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, Brian Crichton, president of Talladega Superspeedway, guys. I'm telling you. Chamber of Commerce weekend, the Geico 500, free camping with a Sunday ticket, gets you into the infield for the free concert. You'll be able to stroll down the boulevard and see what that's all about. If you've never been down there, you've got to go down the boulevard 
Uh, get over to Dega Nation. Check out Dega Nation. Uh, East Taboga is uh, they're on East Taboga Boulevard is what Dega Nation's on. We'll have them on probably tomorrow. Get by uh, Boone's Tip Bar Jar. Show me Dega. Uh, <laughs> we can go on Dega Nation. Uh, I know. I'm, oh, Red thir- Red Thirty Eight Mafia guys. Make sure you get by and see Bill at Red Thirty Eight. A lot of different places, guys, to go and hang out, and meet new friends, and meet your old friends. So uh, we were at Martinsville, guys. We got a couple of, uh, you know, we do the winners on Monday. So I've got the truck race winner, and we're going to play uh, Corey Himes won the truck race. Corey's been on the show several times. It was good to see Corey be able to win that race. All right, we're going to get started with our post-race media availability for today's Long John Silvers 200 with the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. We're joined by our race winner, Corey Heim, driver of the number 11 Safe Flight Toyota. Uh, Corey, why don't you just take us through that kind of abbreviated ending there for you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, my team has been working extremely, extremely hard these past couple weeks. Uh, Tricon, uh, my 11 team has been, you know, doing everything they can to put us in a good position. Uh, we've been, you know, I think our, our weak point has been qualifying over the past couple months, and we, we started fourth, and I instantly knew that there was a chance that we could uh, go out and win the race today. So uh, I did everything in my power, and I uh, got the lead, and, you know, as you saw, the rain came down, and we uh, ended up with it. But um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to be here. I think um, even though, you know, this race was cut short, you know, I, I sat here as a as a 16-year-old, you know, um, four or five years ago and um, got a win taken from me kind of in, you know, a pretty dramatic fashion. So, um, you know, I've, I've really wanted that grandfather clock for a long time, and I came here with the vengeance to get it, and um, here we are. Awesome. We'll now open up to questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll get a wireless mic to you. We'll start in the back with Zach, and we'll come up here. Zach Sterniolo with NASCAR.com. Corey, what was your take on the rain tire and how, how it handled on that first 25-lap stint? Um, and did you feel like it was doing the job that um, you expected it to do? Yeah, it seemed like a lot of people uh, had a lot of different reactions with their trucks. I think it was all about air pressure. So um, Scott and my crew really hit it on the dot right there and really gave us a good opportunity right from the start. But um, not to go unnoticed, you know, all the all the effort that Toyota Racing and TRD puts in to kind of uh, get that down to a science. So, um, you know, it's been just a, a lot of work and a lot of different angles this year to get to, to this point. Um, it certainly hasn't been easy to, to see clean air and be out front, but, um, you know, the rain tires were certainly um, a curveball for us, but, you know, just all the all the effort, you know, behind the scenes that goes into, you know, make uncomfortable situations comfortable, uh, I think is, you know, a point to be drawn right there. Trey Lyle, FrontStretch.com and the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Corey, congrats on the win. Uh, the constant caution laps and then the constant restarts and then ultimately getting that final restart, what was your kind of mindset, you know, each time you're restarting? Obviously, you have, you know, the, the series champion and then you have Kyle Busch kind of as the two cars behind you. Yeah, it wasn't easy to, to see the 51 and the 38 behind me, but, um, you know, my spotty, spotter, Tony Hirschman, uh, really kept me calm through all that, um, really just coaching me every step of the way. Uh, from my first lap out in practice to the very last lap of the race, he was giving me information that would really benefit me, and I think the restarts really proved that, uh, just when to launch and when not to launch in the areas that it was still wet. So uh, I found a good launch point, and I hit it every time, and um, it's definitely, you know, required to be perfect, you know, when you're racing around those guys, and um, I think we really did a good job of doing that today. Go to Bob. 
uh, Bob Hawker's Fox Sports. If, uh, if they told you they were going to put the rain tires back on there for the last 70 laps, would you have been ready for it? I'd have been ready. Yeah, I drove to second from fourth, you know, to begin the race with the wet. Um, it definitely would have been different with the concrete being wet. I think that would have been a little bit, uh, you know, different from, from the start where it was completely dry in the corners and wet on the straightaways. But, um, you know, I really was curious to see the transition between the wet concrete and the, the or I'm sorry, the dry concrete and the wet asphalt. Uh, but it really didn't seem to have much of a, an issue with that transition at all. So um, I really don't think if it was to rain and, you know, get a little bit more uh, wet throughout the track, I don't think that would have been an issue at all. And you know, nobody kind of really knew what the procedures were going to be with these uh, wet weather tires. Were you okay with kind of the way everything was handled? I think, you know, you can only uh, control what's in, in, in our control, and I feel like our, our safe flight team today did a good, jo good job of that. But, um, yeah, as far as the way NASCAR handled it, I mean, I don't see any better way to, to do it. I think we rode around for a while that last, you know, 20 laps under caution. I was screaming on the radio that it was pouring rain. I mean, I, I could barely see out my windshield, but um, I guess there's a smaller cell, so um, they were hoping it was going to pass, and I, I respect it. So, um, you know, huge props to the fans, too, for really sticking it out today. Um, you know, definitely not what they wanted to see, but I feel like we got a little bit of good racing in at the very least. So, um, you know. All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome first time to the Rowdy Maglite Show. Uh, Two-time winner on the season openers here, Devin Borden. Welcome, Devin. How's it going, guys? Man, Devin, what a way to start the season. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been just, you know, keep getting better every race. And uh, my guys got my car really good right now. And um, we just keep working hard. And um, luckily, everything is, is, you know, going well right now. So, uh, Devin, kind of what got you started into racing? Well, it was it was my dad got me into it. He actually bought my first quarter midget when I was six months old. So I guess you could sort of say I was uh, born to be a race car driver. But um, so he got me that quarter midget, and my grandpa actually built a track in his backyard, and I started practicing when I was three. From there, uh, just started at kind of the local – dirt quarter midget track and um just worked up you know from there in outlaw carts and micro sprints and then eventually sprint cars <clears throat> so you start the 2023 20, season at port royal in a victory what was it like winning at port royal <clears throat> oh it's super super cool i mean um you know just a couple of years ago i'd watch all those races and think holy crap how do those guys run the fence like that like it just looks crazy, you know, and then you go out and get better and, and go and do it yourself. And, um, it's pretty darn cool, especially when you can drive around someone like Lance DeWeese and battle wing to wing for a win. So, um, feel like, you know, we got, got it rolling pretty good up there right now and hopefully we can keep it going. So, and then you, like I said earlier, you roll in the, uh, BAPS motor speedway and come home with a checkered flag from BAPS. Yeah, we were we were actually pretty good last night. Um, it was quite the race between me and Dietz. Elbows up the whole time. I mean, uh, through lap traffic, it was it was definitely uh, an exciting race. But luckily, we were able to outdo him in the end and um, drive away. So it was really cool to pick up our second win of the season. <clears throat> you know, Devin, uh, what's it like driving at these track these iconic tracks? up in PA, knowing the history, and, and you winning at it. 
Yeah, I, I know. Like I said, like it gives me chills just thinking about it. You know, like I said, just a couple of years ago, like I never thought I'd be here and doing all this this soon, and um, it's just super, super cool. Like I remember when I first come in here and thought, man, how cool would it be to just win a race here in Central PA against some of the best sprint car drivers in the country? And um, here we are doing it. So yeah, I mean, it's just uh, really, really awesome. So, uh, Devin, what's what's your plans for the season? What what's next? Um, well, we're going to be, you know, mainly just racing in Pennsylvania, um, Williams Grove and Port Royal week to week, and then just filling in with everything else that you know as much as we can. Um, we also got the Eldor Million on our schedule and um, a couple high limit races, and uh, you know, just we're just trying, uh, you know, race, race as much as we can. Uh, and, you know, just keep getting better. Devin, with age on your side, being young, what what's your long-term plans that you're kind of looking out? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, like, obviously, you look at the World of Outlaws, and, you know, it'd be super cool to do that. And if an opportunity uh, came my way for that, I mean, it'd be something I would potentially consider. But honestly, right now, I'm just super, super happy with being right here uh, at the Shellsworth Salmon Racing Team. These guys are awesome. They're like family to me. And um, really, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'd almost just like to just race here in Pennsylvania and, and get to the point where I can win outlaw races um, and just just uh, have a home here in Pennsylvania would be really awesome. Um, you know, and, and, and just being with this really awesome team. So, I don't know. I mean, um, right now I'm just trying to focus on, on what we got going on now. And, um, we got a good, good gig going on. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're just going to keep plugging along, keep trying to win races and you never know where, where it's all going to, where it's all going to take me. But, um, really, I, I mean, as of now, I really, I just see myself being with this team, you know, long-term wise. So, uh, Devin, you started in quarter midgets. When you was in the quarter midget uh, series, suiting up, uh, buckling down, what drivers did you look up to? I mean, it's hard to not look up to Kyle Larson. You know, he's he's the absolute best of the best. Um, he was definitely the main guy that I looked at, you know, seeing how he come from nothing and, and really just made it really big time. Um, is super cool and um, his level of talent is second to none and um, yeah he, he's definitely the biggest guy I looked up to outside of that I'd say I looked up to my dad you know I watched him race from the time I was really little and um, watching him ra- win races was super cool as well so uh, you know talking about Kyle Larson all he wanted to be was a champion in the world of outlaws and He's already a NASCAR champion. That's not a bad person to look up to. No, definitely not. I mean, NASCAR uh, would be really cool if I ever had the opportunity to do that. You know, it'd, it'd be something I'd consider. Um, but, you know, I really see myself kind of being a, a wing sprint car guy. Well, I tell you, I've, I've when I started covering the world of outlaws and, and dirt, Man, I tell you, you got to have some upper strength in your arms to be able to tug and pull at that wheel. What's your regimen of workout, Devin? 
Oh, I'm I'm like in the gym probably more than literally anyone is in this deal. I mean, I work out usually about three hours a day. Like, um, I'm lately I've been taking these MMA classes and um, you know, learning how to box and all that stuff. That's been really really good. You know, hand-eye coordination and just a really good uh, upper body workout and um, definitely get your heart racing. So I do that. Um, I run and I lift weights, you know, at least four or five times a week. So, um, I like to think I'm in pretty good shape and, um, to be running these things, you really have to be, I mean, I, I, I know I, I know I wouldn't be any good at all if I wasn't in shape. It's, it's definitely a huge part of it. You know, some people want to say, right. Drivers are not athletes. They've never been to a race. Devin. Yeah, I know. It's I, I you're every bit as much of an athlete as, as someone is running up and down a football field in my opinion. <laughs> hey, absolutely. I mean to watch you and others work that wheel, I mean in gravity fighting you for the whole race. I mean you're just not gonna just the regular Joe is not gonna get in that car and make the laps that y'all make at a race. No, it's 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 super hard. I mean I know, like, when I first got in a sprint car, I thought I was in decent shape, but, like, you got to be strong. you got to have a ton of endurance. And most important, importantly, you just got to learn to breathe and be calm, um, which is something I feel like I've gotten a lot better at. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, working out and, and cardio and um, just having a lot of endurance is a huge, huge part to this deal. So, uh, Devin, let's talk about the guys that keeps your equipment running each week because, I mean, it's it's probably a full-time job keeping it ready for the next, especially when you're in winter circle. Yeah, it's a ton of work. Uh, we got, you know, Jim Shuttlesworth and Mike Danner and Jeff Weaver and myself actually here at the shop full-time. So, um, between the four of us, we you know, we stay busy just trying to keep this operation in, in top-notch shape and um, – just trying to prepare the best best uh, race cars that we can um, to, you know, go put them in victory lane. But it's definitely a lot of work. And um, But, you know, when, it, when you got great guys like I got, it definitely makes it a lot easier. Well, Devin, when you was in that quarter midget car, you never dreamed that you'd have to be a salesman, a spokesman, and a race car driver, did you? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a big part, part to it these days. you got to be uh, – professional and um you you got you got to be good in your interviews and um you know you're kind of representing the team so um you got to be be great in that aspect of things also so uh let's talk about your sponsors it helps you go around yeah absolutely got trickle heavy industrial jr vinagra hauling mountain ridge metals uh triple x race chassis donut racing engines moose blocks uh, SK Rod Ends, Lilit Construction. Um, uh, we got uh, SRT Shocks, and you know, uh, just really got to thank everyone who helps us out. Well, Devin, I got a trip planned up sometime in June around the Pocono, and I'm hoping to get to a couple of Williams Grove is definitely in Port Royals on my list, so hopefully, I'm going to be able to get by and meet you, and, and I want to be part of that aviance of Port Royal and Williams Grove and those old dirt fairgrounds. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a lot of fun, and um, 
you know, the sprint car fans here in Central PA are second to none. These guys, you know, definitely bring, uh, you know, big crowds and uh, and and lots of energy. So racing here in Central PA is sure is cool. Devin, tell everybody where they can keep up with you and get a hold of your merchandise. Yeah, uh, you, you get a hold of my merchandise at devinborden.com or at any of the tracks we're at. We've got a merchandise trailer this year, so that's where you can get all of that. Um, you can keep up with me at Devin Borden Racing on Facebook, um, Devin underscore Borden on Instagram, and uh, as well as Twitter. So make sure you head on over there, follow me, and um, keep, keep up with uh, everything we're doing. Devin, thanks a lot. Uh, Kyle had to work this morning. He couldn't get off. Usually he can, but circumstances cause him not to be able to. But thanks a lot for being part of the show. Looking forward to seeing you this summer and having you back on again. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Yep. Talk to you soon. The racing. The big one. The camping. It's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and a cup race on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. One thing for sure, it's always thrilling. And as they go across the stripe, a photo finish! NASCAR Weekend at Talladega, April 22nd and 23rd. Yeah, boy! Get your tickets now at Talladega's... We are going to get started with our post-race media availability today for the call 811.com before you dig 250. We are joined by our race winner, John Hunter Nemechek, driver of the number 20, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. Uh, John Hunter, why don't you just uh, take us through that last little bit there for us? <laughs> uh, dominant performance by this 20 team. Um, really fast, Pi Barker, Toyota GR Supra. Um, if you would ask me yesterday, I thought we were 10th, 12th place car in practice. Didn't feel like we were very good. Um, guys went to work, made some really good adjustments between practice and qualifying. Uh, made made it happen. Uh, we we were fighting definitely in tight conditions, so um, they went to work on it. And uh, I can't thank them enough. We paid attention to kind of what the track did last night in the truck race and and overall today as well uh, with cup practice and. Leaned on some uh, Joe Gibbs Racing teammates in the in the Cup deal to ask questions and, and figure out what balance needed and how the racetrack was trending. So um, definitely a full team effort by Joe Gibbs Racing. Just proud to be behind the wheel of this uh, 20 Toyota GR Supra and um, dominating performance. That's that's all I can say. All right, we're going to open up to questions for John Hunter. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start up front with Bob, and we'll go to Zach. Uh, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. I have two about the post-race. Um, when Zane Smith kind of had a similar issue, they thought maybe it was rubber buildup on the uh, mud flap. Do you think that was what happened in your case, or any idea? Uh, I'm sure I had to do something with that. I don't know exactly what started it, um, but the, the similar situation was we were both doing burnouts, right? So... Um, I would say it's a combination of rubber getting hot on the plastic and um, somehow catching on fire. So um, I'm just glad that Pi Barker Fire and Safety has their fire extinguishers here at Martinsville Speedway, and uh, we were able to put the fire out with them. 
it looked like you weren't interested in getting out with it on fire. <laughs> Did you know? I don't know if you've seen it yet, but do you know how <laughs> much fire there was? Uh, I saw that there was a fire in uh, the mirrors, um, which I didn't know if the ground was on fire from the rubber or if it was the actual mud flaps or what, what exactly was on fire. So um, I figured trying to drive away from it first might be better or getting out of that situation, but then it continued on fire. So um, then I got told to back up because there were fire extinguishers on the way um, and backed up and then I got out. So um, I wasn't too nervous with it. I might need a new uh, white Pi Barker fire and safety suit after this one, but uh, um, definitely a uh, proud moment to, to go out there and burn it down like we did. Good as that. Zach Sterniolo, NASCAR.com. Uh, John Hunter, congrats on the win. Two now in the first eight races with this team. Um, what does it mean to you to find uh, to capitalize on the speed that you guys have had so early uh, in your tenure here? I feel like we've had one of the best cars every week that we've showed up to the racetrack, um, excluding Coda. Uh, I would throw that out as a wild card for us. But I feel like everywhere else that we've been so far this year, we've been really fast. Um, we've had really good race cars, and we've been competitive. Um, we've made too many mistakes, um, in my opinion, and we've beat ourselves a couple times this year. Um, and we went and lose as a team. So um, we were able to clean a lot of that up today. Um, didn't have any mistakes, didn't have any issues. And I think this is the first race all year that I haven't gone to the back and had to drive through the field. So um, that one definitely feels good as well. We're going to go to Seth, and then we'll check upstairs. <coughs> SethEggerKickingTires.net. Uh, John Hunter, you're the first Dash for Cash winner since 2019 to also win the race. Does that show how competitive the Xfinity Series field has gotten in recent years? Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I mean, the Xfinity Series has definitely been competitive every single year, um, no doubt about that. Um, but to be a Dash for Cash winner and the race winner, um, I didn't know that that was a stat since 2019. So um feels good with a dominating performance um just proud of everyone on this 20 team at joe gibbs racing and um, blessed to be able to get behind the wheel and and be the driver of this number 20 toyota gr supra just to confirm there were no questions up in the press box no man you guys are easy any other questions downstairs for john hunter all right john hunter congratulations on the win thank you thank you guys for sticking around the racing, the big one, the camping. It's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and a cup race on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. One thing for sure, it's always thrilling. And as they go across the stripe, a photo finish! NASCAR Weekend at Talladega, April 22nd and 23rd. Yeah, Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. We'll start with Justin. Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Cliff, were you surprised that those two and no tires held up against all those fours? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the especially the SHR cars were really fast all day long. Um, to be honest, earlier in the race, when a couple guys stayed out on older tires and like survived for 20 to 30 laps, which was 20 to 30 laps longer than I thought they would have, that was kind of a tell sign. Um, a couple data points last year of guys on, you know, higher lap tires still maintaining track position. So still a little bit of a gamble, but we knew there were some data points where it had worked. So that's, that's the way we went. Additional questions? And we'll go to Dustin in the front there. 
And then we'll go to Mark. Dustin Long, NBC Sports, uh, one for each. Um, Cliff, based off of what you're talking about and what we saw today, as a crew chief, are you having to think a little bit differently because of track position? And it's more about you helping your driver pass as opposed to your driver, in many cases, being able to gain positions? I would say a healthy combination of both. Um, I'll be the first to admit for 200 laps, we weren't a winning car. You know, our, our car just wasn't great. Um, some of that was what was in her car, and some of that was kind of the track conditions. So then we, at the same time, we got a couple of good changes in our car. The track did cool off a little bit, and I think all that kind of came our way. Uh, so then to your exact question, yes, I, I, I think, um, you know, being able to be more aggressive on the strategy side, get some spots on the road or, or spots on what your strategy is, certainly are, that's, that's helpful. And, and every time we did it, we were able to kind of maintain. Um, but you still saw some cars that were really good cars that could pass up through the field. And, and we weren't one of those cars for 200 laps. It wasn't until later in the race that we got our car better. So both kind of worked out at the end. And for Jeff, um, based, you know, with, with your extensive experience and knowledge of engines, the discussion comes up again after the race, hey, more horsepower is needed for these cars in a different tire. Um, that sounds like a simple solution is just give it more horsepower. From an engine perspective, I'm not an engine guy, so how, how difficult is that? What, you know, how prohibitive is the cost of that? I mean, is that something that if people wanted to get enough people wanted to get done, that that's something that's realistically could be done? Or is this like trying to climb Everest and getting back to the level of, of horsepower it used to be? Yes, Dustin, I think, um, you know, multi answers to that question. First, yeah, it's always achievable. Um, it takes quite a bit of work um, to get back there. You know, we are, um, I would say, five to six months out on you know, parts orders and deliveries, and, and really when you get to this part of the season, you start to consume a lot of sealed engines that you run earlier in the season. So it gets complicated just, just to try to change, you know, a package over or change a power level over because these engines are built and tuned and all the analysis and everything that's run on them is for the current power level. So when you start to make changes to that, it requires changes to a lot of parts and pieces, and, and some of those would be as much as, you know, a year to possibly 18 months lead time to get that work done and get parts ordered. So it's, it's a complicated question. I, I personally do not disagree with you that, that, you know, more power would, you know, be something that, that – uh, to take a look at someday, it, it's just – it's a long-term decision for the engine companies to, to do that. And to, so to follow up, so it sounds like even if people wanted to do it at, for 2024, it's almost too late at this we, point. That decision needs to be made now, yeah, very, very soon. Because parts, um, depending on the parts and pieces, you know, some things, as I said, are, are, you know, easily six months to a year out from a planning perspective. And, and one thing that, you know, you need to realize is that all these engine companies have ordered parts and pieces for really the remainder of 2023. Um, and, and to start to change that architecture around, it's, it, it gets very, very complicated very quickly, and uh, that's a long-term decision for sure. Go to Mark. Mark Arrow with PRN. Jeff, 295 wins now for Hendrick Motorsports. Pretty big number. Uh, <laughs> You guys are closing in on 300. Any thought on that? Any whispering about that might be an attainable number this year? 
Uh, I think it, uh, Mark, it was more than a whisper at our season kickoff luncheon for Mr. Hendrick. It was uh, an, an ask of his, and uh, he lit that fire underneath of everybody very early on in January, and, and we're certainly marching forward towards that. So um, obviously a goal we want to achieve, and, and uh, you know, in addition to that, keep going right on past that. Um, we need to focus on uh, on long term on late summer and early fall and, and having performance in our cars like we do now at that point of the season. Certainly. Uh, I know as a company we're very pleased with, with how this package has performed, you know, for us. Um, Phoenix, uh, Richmond, uh, now here, certainly as Cliff said, we weren't in the best shape and we still got some work to do here as a company to uh, to have some more consistency across all our cars. But uh, certainly good good uh, start for us for, for 2023 and, and yes, 300 is uh, something we're after for Mr. Hendrick first and foremost. Uh, but that championship in Phoenix at the end of the year is, is another big one we've got our sights set on. Thank you. I'm going to go front to Alex, and then we'll go to Zach, and then Bob. Alex Zetlow, um, Charlotte Observer. Uh, if both of you can answer this question, what struck you most about Kyle's performance today? I think just the the fact that all the conversations he and I have had here, he's had so much doubt in himself, but we've continued to stay true to our process, how we prepare, the data we look at, everything that we study. Um, he's been very open to any adjustments he's needed to make on his end, and, and it's kind of a, a two-way conversation from what can he do better and different and what can we do better and different with the car. Uh, that, that Really, I would say that the work you know, behind the scenes, the work in preparation to get here today is what I'm most proud of because you saw at the end of the race when uh, when our car was good and and uh, he knew he had a shot. He did a great job to to go through some of those guys, get to Joey, have a clean clean you know for the most part race for the for the win, and uh, lay down some really good laps to to finish out the day. Yeah, I just uh, yeah certainly echoes uh, echo Cliff's comments there. Um, you know, I, I think the thing for me is just how Cliff and, and Kyle really put the whole day together. Certainly various phases of that race and, and track change with, you know, clouds and sun and, and uh, then, you know, an untimely caution there, uh, certainly through a twist in everybody's strategy, but really just from start to finish how they work together on the radio and, and continue to make the car better um, really all day long. Um, various things for various teams, including our own that, uh, you know, kind of came and went. Uh, during the day, it was certainly key to keep track position, uh, as you saw with a lot of cars that, uh, you know, kind of went from the front to the back and back to the front. And uh, so I just uh, commend them, both of them, on how they kept their head in the game all day long and, and raced the track the entire day and stayed in it all day long. I'm going to go in the back to Zach, and then we'll come up front to Bob. Zach Sterney, a little bit the number five car hasn't won here since 84 uh, when Jeff Bodine went to victory lane. The significance of that number to get that uh, car back in Martinsville victory lane, what, what does that mean to Hendrick Motorsports? Yeah, that certainly is a great uh, milestone. I'm not sure that I realized that. Did you? I didn't know that either. <laughs> that's, uh, pretty wild. that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, obviously being uh, the side of the first win for Hendrick Motorsports back in 1984 and then... Uh, you know, to come here in day and put number five back in victory lane, that's always a special number. It has been for Mr. Hendrick through the years. A lot of great milestones that go with that uh, number and a lot of history and heritage there. So, um, you know, for us as a company, very proud of that and uh, to bring that to Mr. Hendrick as well back here at Martinsville. Go to Bob. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Uh, Jeff, uh, 
I, I assume there is there wasn't much doubt on whether Chase can win or come back and be strong. But did to, what did today send any sort of message you feel to him and the team? Yeah, I think if you saw him after the race, just the fight that's in Chase Elliott. You know, he's um, you know obviously that was a tough race on him. Tough tough race on any driver, and and uh, you know to come here after being out for multiple weeks and. Um, you know, as as I said earlier, we didn't have the best race cars today, and, and he and Alan fought all day long together. Um, Chase stayed, obviously, with Alan and the team and, and worked hard all day long, and uh, at the end there, that, that thing came to life, and, and see him battle his way back up there uh, to a top ten. It's just it's great to have him back. It's, uh, you know, from that aspect, it's the first weekend for us to uh, – to kind of have our team or have the band, so to speak, put back together. We haven't all been back together since uh, uh, Fontana for, for various reasons. So um, I, I think just, just a statement for the company and a, and a compliment to the men and the women behind the scenes at Hendrick Motorsports that have been building and working on these race cars through this uh, you know time of adversity for us and, and to come here today. And uh, not only Chase, but uh, Cliff and... Um, you know, Kyle, just it's 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 a good day for us, and uh, you know we'll build on it. Certainly glad to you know back to your question to have Chase back. I think he he fought all day long and did a great job for us. Want to check in up at the press box to see if there are any questions for Cliff or Jeff? Do we have any questions remaining down here in the media center? We'll go back to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, you won almost half the races this year as an organization. Do you feel like a dominant, dominant that you're the dominant team? Um, I wouldn't consider us dominant. I don't think there's anybody at um, Hendrick Motorsports right now that has that comfort level or, you know, that feeling. Is as I said I, a little bit earlier. Um, you know, we need to run and perform like this in in the latter half of the summer early part of the fall that that's when it really starts to count and yes stacking up the wins right now and the points and the playoff points that's very important to have those who go into the fall but we've got a lot of work to do we have to come back here this is a very very critical stop for us as, as you all know in the fall uh, on the way to phoenix and uh, we have to certainly be a lot better than than we were here um today we we pulled it all together there at the end and and had some competitive cars and were able to win the race. Um, but we need to be better as an organization coming back here. So um, we won't uh, take too much confidence out of here, and uh, we'll go on to Talladega next week and uh, approach that and attack that for what it's worth. But, but we certainly need to put some focus on Martinsville for the fall. And one other thing is, sorry, sorry. is you guys have won all the key races. Phoenix, you won host of the championship. You win at Martinsville. Uh, the next to last race, you went at Vegas, a key race in, in the last round. Um, it, was there an emphasis? I know at Hendrick it's all about winning, but was there any additional emphasis on either of these tracks? And what and how, because there's such a long gap between now and when those track you come back to these tracks, had you know the challenge of maintaining that strength so you can take advantage of those opportunities later for either of you? Yeah, I mean, we certainly. Um, <clears throat> Everyone in the whole cup field has Phoenix circled, you know, obviously, right? And and we, as a company, didn't perform as well as we needed to in the fall. Um, we, we certainly got beat by at least two organizations that I can think of just outright. Um, forget strategy, forget anything else. They just had better and faster cars than we did. So, um, 
Yes, we did circle Phoenix specifically over the winter, um, and we kind of assembled a group back at the shop to help us attack some of these tracks in the specific areas that we knew we were deficient. So big shout out and credit to, to those guys uh, back at the shop, those guys and gals. And uh, yeah, kind of the way you described it for each one of these races, we've had a similar approach. Um, Vegas last fall, all of our cars didn't run great. Um, and, and obviously I spoke on Phoenix. Here has been kind of hit or miss for us, and, and it was kind of that way today too, you know, kind of hit or miss from what you saw. Um, so we, we, we've identified all those races, the, the you know, keystones that they are, to your point, for the playoffs, and uh, try, try to make an effort for what those are. And, and then the things that can carry over, um, you know, between Phoenix and Richmond, you can carry a little bit of that to Nashville and Gateway and stuff like that in the summertime. Um, no, it's not the exact same, but, you know, the general concepts you can take and kind of keep working on and building on. Uh, so, so that's what's gotten us to this point, but certainly a lot of work ahead of us. All right, gentlemen, congratulations on the win today. We'll see you next week in Talladega. John, you did serious? All right, we're now joined by the race-winning driver of today's NOCO 400, Kyle Larson, driver of the number 5, HendrickCars.com Chevrolet. We will go right to questions for Kyle. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start here with Justin. Justin Schuler, kicking the tires. Um, you've had all three of your teammates win a clock, so was today kind of like a sigh of relief that you finally got one? <laughs> uh, I don't know about, I don't know if them winning um, added any pressure. If anything, you know, them winning adds confidence, I think, when you come to a place like this um, that I've really struggled out. So, um, yeah, it's pretty neat that, you know, the four of us now have all won here in the last, I guess, three years, right? I think, you know, the chase went in 2020 here. So, um pretty cool and, and just shows that, uh, which, I mean, Hendrick has shown for a very long time that, that they've had your know, great uh, setups here and, and have you know, a, a handle on things here. So, um, but it wasn't easy. I mean, we didn't, we didn't dominate the day at all. We uh, really never even got <clears throat> into the top five there until the last you know, run of the race. So um, just a great job on my team, great job on pit road all day long, and, and great uh, strategy calls and, and some good restarts there at the end. Do you know where it's going? I don't. I have no clue. I, I've been, you know, trying to imagine different rooms in my shop or in my house or whatever, and, and I don't have a clue. Owen Owen wants it in his room, so maybe maybe we put it in there. But that's a probably one of my most prized trophies. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I want to put it in there and uh, have him break it, you know. So... Um, we'll see. And he'll probably get annoyed with it, too, you know, that thing going off every hour. So he's probably going to find out quick that he doesn't want it in his room. I'm going to go to Mark, and then we'll go to Seth. Mark Garrow, PRN. Kyle, you come off a 10-win season to 3-win season last year. You won two races early this year. Does it start to give a feel like another maybe potential double-digit win season, winning two races early and knowing that, you know, the team is improving all the time? I mean, I don't, I don't know about double digits. Like that's pretty tough to do, and it's only happened a handful of times throughout the last, you know, couple decades, I guess. But um, I've, I've told a, a lot of people around me, you know, when I go to dirt races and stuff, because they don't, they don't follow it a whole lot, you know, competitors and stuff. They're like, oh, how, how's your stuff this year? And 
I tell everyone, I'm like, man, I think we're, I think we're honestly close to as good, or just as good as we were in 2021. Um, so I, I think in the races that we've finished and executed well, I think it's shown. You know, we've uh, we've been up front in every race. We've challenged for for wins. We've shown that we've had winning speed at every single race. Um, Coda maybe arguably is our only race this year where we haven't been you know a contender on on speed at least for win the win but um you know we were a top five car that day i thought so um i've had a few dnfs but uh outside of that you know we've been in the top two i think so um or top five four i guess with phoenix we had a shot to win there and fell back to fourth but anyways you know, I, I do feel like we are close to what we were a couple of years ago and we're winning at tracks I suck at, so <laughs> that says a lot. We'll go to Seth and then Kelly. Seth Egger, KickingTires.net. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned the struggles that you've had here. Considering that, uh, where does this win compare with other victories that you've had? Yeah, I mean, I think I think when you can accomplish something that <clears throat> you don't see possible, when you do accomplish it, it, it moves up the ladder pretty high. So. This is an extremely special win for me. Um, I, I've worked very hard to get better here. Um, you know, I, I've, I feel like every time there's a test available, I get put, put on that list to test here because I struggle and um, we want to get better. So I've got tons of laps around here and, and not many top tens. Honestly, probably more races where I've finished a lap down than on the lead lap. So it's... Uh, it's been difficult, and then, like I said, when you can win at a place like this, it it's, it is definitely up there. You know, I was teared up the whole last lap. I heard Cliff was teared up too, so that that feels really, really special because you know he uh, he's so strong and like emotionally strong, and um, to hear that you know means means a lot. You know, this this win here today means a lot for everybody, and and to you know Hendrick Motorsports as well. You know, with everything that they've. Um, everything that this kind of racetrack and, and trip means to them. I'm going to stay up front for a couple. We'll go to Kelly, Bob, and then in the back. Kelly KellyCronoRacer.com. Kyle, you said there about the trophy will be one of your most prized possessions. Is that go back to everything you just said, that the reason why, or, or what makes this trophy, other than, of course, hearing about it so much, going to be so special to you? Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, I'm not into clocks or anything like that. So, like, you know, being that it's a clock doesn't add, add any significance to me. But I think every time you look at it and you look at you know, it, remind, it will remind me of the 10 years of struggling I've, I've had here. Um, and then to, you know, accomplish the win that, that, that we now have. So, um, and the work and, you know, I've, I've, I mean, this was probably the first weekend I've showed up here with, like, you know, a positive attitude, honestly. So, um, I've, I've left here just mad. I've hated this place. I've, I've wished it would flood. I've wished, <laughs> I've wished a lot of bad things on this place and, um, it's, uh, it's not going anywhere. So, uh, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> it feels like, I wish it was like that, you know, maybe dirt, but, um, no, it's, uh, yeah. So it's, I think, just think because it's such a tough track that that's why it, uh, it means a lot. 
in general, how much does a driver like yourself even think about what trophies look like when you win races, right? Like it's all about winning and championship points and, and whatnot. Do you even think about most of the time what a trophy is going to look like? Oh, yeah, definitely, um, for sure, yeah. You know, typically they have the trophies somewhere, you know, throughout the weekend. So you get, a, you get to see it before you race. And um, the majority of NASCAR trophies are really cool. So you know that when, you're, when you win, you're going to get something cool. But even like sprint car races, um, you know, rarely are there trophies that, that look cool. But when there is, um, you, I think it, not that you put any more pressure on yourself to win, but when you do win, you're like, all right, like that's pretty cool and get to take that home. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, thankfully NASCAR races do have all pretty cool trophies. We'll go to Bob, then we're going to go in the back of the room, and then we'll go up to the press box for one. Uh, Bob Pockris, Fox Sports. So did you feel like you had this place figured out today, or did you suck and just have track position in a good car? <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> um, um, well, so I guess I'll just kind of take you through my race. The first round of the race, we started um, 19th and drove to 10th really easily, and my car felt really good, and I was like, all right, this is going to be a great day. Like, I'm going to... This next round, we're going to put tires on. I'm going to drive right to the front. We're going to be battling up front the whole, whole rest of the race. And then the next round, I was really bad. Next couple runs, I was really bad. And, and then you know, then I was, like, not really pouty. I was trying to stay positive, but I was like, okay, it's just typical Martinsville. Like, I'm tight in the center, loose off, like always. You know, I suck, and it's probably me. But uh, <laughs> the car's fine. It's just me. But, yeah, then they kept working on it and got us better and better. And, you know, we... Never once did I really feel like we had the car to win, but um, we made the right your strategy calls to stay out um, when there was that weird cycle, you know, restart uh, on the front row with Briscoe. And then um, on that run, you know, that, that run I was finally able to, like, settle in. I wasn't uh, – I got kind of away from the 45 and could kind of get into a rhythm, and, and I felt like I learned some things behind the wheel and um, helped my balance out. And so I, I used that and applied it to the next run, and, and thankfully we took two tires then. And, um, yeah, my car was really good on two tires there uh, the last run. So, yeah, and then, you know, I was battling Joey for the lead and knew it was going to be tough, knew, you know, he, he he's very hard to pass at a place like this, and once you do, you'll get by him. He's uh, he's not done. So I knew I was going to get a shot in the back from him, and thankfully my car just uh, had a lot more grip than his did at the time and got away and was hoping on the lap cars. <laughs> or not not lap cars, but the guys I was catching, you know, that looked like they were racing pretty hard, were not going to wreck. So, um, yeah. I was pretty positive, though, today, this weekend. Better than normal. Go ahead in the back. Hi, uh, yeah, Joshua Weatherman, Short Track Report. Kind of, you know, piggybacking off the previous questions, you've said in years past that this has been your worst track, and, you know, you kind of count this race as a write-off. What was it about your car today that allowed you to overcome the aero problems here at the short tracks, get to Joey's bumper, and just allow you to walk away at the end of the race? Yeah, I guess as far as the aero stuff, I didn't really notice anything different with this package here um, compared to last year. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I think like Phoenix, I felt a little bit different. Richmond, I felt a lot better with it. And then here, if you would have told me that, you know, we didn't, uh, we, we had the same package, I would, I would agree. So 
Yeah, it was just um, my car was good enough there at the end to uh, to drive it to the 22 and um, kind of just work them over. I'm going to go upstairs to the press box for a question, then we'll go to Dustin. ChrisKnightCatchers.com. Uh, Chris, Kyle, with your victory today, does that give you a better outlook on returning to Martinsville in October where winning the race could mean the difference between making the championship four or not? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely adds confidence. You know, we finished second here in that race uh, last year to Bell. Similar thing, you know, we think we took two tires and my car was okay. And um, So, yeah, but but there's also a lot of room for me to get better here still. Um, you know, there was a run on that, that long run there. I, I was better than the 10, better than the 6, a lot better than the 6 once the 10 got by him, and, and I just – I just don't do a good job at uh, at passing, so just got to get better at my racecraft. Still here, and um, you know the good short track racers, if their car is better than somebody, they can get to them and pass them pretty quickly. Where yeah, I seem to just get stuck and, and waste time, and and I think that's a lot to do with kind of the line that I run. But um, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, still got to get better, but um, for sure, you know I, I feel like the last three times here, at least with the next-gen car. Every time I've been here with the next-gen car, I've been top ten. So that's uh, pleasing, but uh, you always want to be better. Go to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Hey, a few minutes ago, Josh Weiss tweeted a thread of, of, of thoughts about you winning. And part of what he said is, since 2017, I've watched him, you, push himself to learn at a track that he hasn't felt comfortable at one of the few. The most notable part of that is that it's remained at the track that he's put the most work into. Seeing KL win today is probably one of the coolest wins I've ever had a small piece in. Watching one of the greats push himself for years and finally get the reward that he's earned. I think a lot of times people look at what you have done across the spectrum in your career and just view it as talent and maybe don't see the work that goes on behind the scenes. Can you give us a sense of the work that you've had to put in the last few years that Josh is referencing to get to this point today where you can suck and still win? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, you know, it's a lot of it has to do with Josh for sure. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I've, I've <clears throat> worked around him now, for, I guess, since 2017. And, um, you know, he's done a really good job at, like, pointing things out. You know, I think for so long when I came to Martinsville, yeah, everybody was like, oh, you got to back your entries up, get good exits and stuff like that. So, like, you work that into your brain and, and you tr try and drive that way. And, um, you know, over time, you know, it's through data and, and seeing how the good guys get around here, you know, I, I quickly realized that it's the opposite. You make your time on entry and and it's not about, you know, your good exits. And, since that, you know, I've been able to kind of work harder at my driving style a little bit and trying to really, you know, I, I feel like, I mean, competitors know. I mean, they, they look at my data and stuff, and they probably, like, I have this, like, perfect triangle break here at Martinsville. And, like, the good guys, you know, kind of, like, can make time under the braking zones and, and then hold that little bit of pressure at the end to uh to turn still and and get pointed for exit and that's i feel like the the 
the last 100 pounds of brake pressure has been something that I've I've worked really hard on and, and try to be pretty conscious of throughout the race today and this weekend. And um, and, and I think that helped a lot. And, and it, it's because of guys like Josh Wise and, and Cliff and Adam and Cal and Becker at our shop that, you know, find those things and, and point them out. And then, you know, we really kind of hone in on them and, and try to work to, you know, figure out a way to not copy because it's hard to copy anybody's driving style, but to to take little bits and pieces of things that you notice and try and apply them to, to yourself. So, yes, it's I think there's a lot of things that I've done throughout my career that, that talent's got me to accomplish. Um, but then there's, there's, yes, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And um, I've, I've worked a lot harder in the last, yeah, I mean, I guess seven-ish years than I probably ever did before, yeah, I think. But you have the data now to, to, to look at and to study and, and then apply to yourself. So I understand every win is special, but comparing a win that you won based off of your talent versus a win like today where it was work day after day, is this any more significant or what does this mean on a personal level to you compared to other races that you won because of the talent of Kyle Larson? Yeah, no, I think that's, I don't know, maybe I I haven't done a good job of like wording it right, but like, yeah, I think that's the reason why this win is probably my top seven or so or or, or shorter list than that uh, of wins because I've worked really hard for it. And um, and I never, even with the work, I still didn't think that I would <laughs> ever win here. So, because um, there were so many times that I would put in hours of work and running on my iRacing simulator and, and I've got data on there too so I can like, kind of run and and then go and look at my brake trace and stuff and try and see if what I was doing with my foot matched up to what guys like Chase and Denny do here. But, um, I mean, I would run hundreds of laps uh, and then still come here and be 20th or worse. So, yeah. So putting in the work and continuing to put in the work and not giving up on it and then winning, it, it makes it feel really special. But, with all that, you still have to have a great team and a great car. So that's also kind of what makes this win special is that, you know, my team was able to produce a setup that can, you know, work for my, my style. Checking back in on the press box to see if you have any questions. Any questions? All right. Any final questions downstairs for Kyle? Go to Seth. Sedeger kicking tires on that. Kyle, you touched on how special of a win this is, and Zach uh, also touched on this with Cliff and Jeff earlier, but this is the first win for the number five since that first win in 1984 with Hendrick. Does that add anything to uh, the specialness of this win? At Martinsville? Yes. Um, no, I mean, because I didn't know that, but uh, I mean, any, I think any time you can win in the five car, it, it's it's got special meaning, so you know, winning at uh, Richmond on, on Ricky's birthday was special. And then, you know, any Hendrick Motorsports win across any of the cars at Martinsville is always special for for the reasons there. So, um, yeah, just a, a place that, 
that means a lot to the organization and and um you know feels great to to win and then get to hear from rick and and hear how excited he was go to steve Hey, Kyle, um, I know Chase wasn't really a factor today, but just, you know, as, as another driver, how good was it to really just have him back out here and, you know, how valuable, obviously, is he to, to the tour in general? Yeah, you know, it, it was nice having him back. Just, uh, you know, having him a part of the debrief after practice and qualifying again was nice. You know, he uh, he always brings something a little, a little different to the comments between all four of us. And... Um, you know, I think he 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 challenges himself, but he challenges us all, drivers and crew chiefs and engineers, to think more. I don't know, differently or or more, or whatever is the right word. But um, you know, asking questions, talking about his car, he he does a very good job of feeling or explaining what he feels. And then you know, even even between changes, you know, they'll pit, make an adjustment. You know, like in practice. And then he can he can read that adjustment pretty quickly and tell if it's better or worse. And um, where I feel like a lot of times, especially with me, I don't know about the other guys, but um, if I I don't like pitting in in practice and making an adjustment because then I just I feel like I'm making an uneducated guess on on the change and how it worked. But uh, he's very. Like I said, he's very good at feeling his car, so I feel like he's pretty confident and usually mo the majority of the time right about uh, the changes. So I think when he can explain his car and say, hey, this was better for us, you know, the crew chiefs on the other teams can really look at that change and, and look at how it might work on our cars and uh, apply it to it. So he's definitely an asset for sure. You know, he's, he's one of the best drivers in the sport, so it's, not, it's been nice to have him back. Go back to Zach. Zach Sterniel at NASCAR.com. Kyle, I, I can't recall one-on-one -on -one battles between you and Joey for the lead like that. So um, catching him, racing him, um, what was what, what was going through your mind through that battle? Yeah, so um, he uh, so he wasn't really a factor all day. I was never around him at all throughout the race, but he's a very good short track racer. His team, as a whole, does a great job of executing and putting themselves in position and finishing way better you know, on their off days than, than they should. So I knew he was in a fight really hard. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I was I was better on compared to him than I thought I was going to be um, as far as grip and all that went. So you know, I could tell the areas where I was better than him as I was catching him, and then then he got really protective of his exit and um you know i was just i was just kind of scared to uh to, to move him out of the way too hard because you know that kind of opens the door for him to do the same to you and and usually he's going to do it four or five times worse so um i wanted to be as you know respectful getting by him you know i i knew that i was gonna have to get use the bumper at some point to get by him and um you know, I tried a couple times when I was behind him, and he did a really good job of just just checking up and and not getting you know, shoved out of the way. And um, then I got a good run. I was able to dive in three and four and get a good run on him and and kind of outbreak him and get to his inside. And felt like I could eventually work him over that way, and and it, and it worked out. And then, you know, once I got by him, I I knew I was expecting a shove from behind, so I 
I ran in the corner deeper than I had been and tried to roll through the center faster than, than normal just to try and keep the bump from behind a little softer and was able to uh, get the bump, receive the bump, but still you know, exit the corner better than him. And then you know, my car was really good at that point and drove off and just tried to take care of it from there. But it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun racing him. And I could, you know, for the two laps we were side by side, I could see the crowd on their feet and, and you know, waving their towels and stuff and cheering. So it was fun. All right, everyone. It's Talladega weekend. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Devin, for being part of the show. Brian, I'll see you Wednesday or Thursday. Looking forward to the absolutely Chamber of Commerce weekend. Never been. It's on your bucket list. This is the year. Chamber of Commerce weekend. Free camping. Three parts of the camping. So, west, south, and north. The only NASCAR track with free camping, guys. Come on. Just for the price of a Sunday ticket. And when you get there, look for the light on the boulevard. The racing. The big one. The camping. It's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and a cup race on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. One thing for sure, it's always thrilling. And as they go across the stripe, a photo finish! NASCAR Weekend at Talladega, April 22nd and 23rd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.